seekers of the world who are seeking out the truth on everything. To watch, go to Brighton.com, click on the Espanol live stream, and prepare to hear the truth in a whole new language. Brighton TV in Espanol. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Sheriff Mac show starts now. Sheriff, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much, Sam. Great to be back with you this beautiful Tuesday morning. Thanks for being here. You betcha, brother. Now, you got a great quote from the greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered in the greatest country on the face of the earth? And I'm quoting... Justice Antonin Scalia, who wrote this amazing, miraculous decision, landmark case, the only time in U.S. history where sheriffs sued the federal government and won at the United States Supreme Court. Quoting, residual state sovereignty was also implicit, of course, in the Constitution's conferral upon Congress of governmental powers but only discrete enumerated ones, end quote, which was the intent of the Founding Fathers and the purpose of the U.S. Constitution to keep the federal government limited and surrounded by uh, constitutional parameters. Where did, where Can did I we go wrong? <laughs> where, man. So it's time to get where it back. Where did we go wrong on one hand, ladies and gentlemen, but where did we go right when Richard Mack went all, of the Supreme, all the way to the Supreme Court and created a smack? We highlight Mack and smack down to Bill Clinton and crew. And uh, speaking of that, our guest has a smack down T-shirt on with uh, Mack being highlighted for Richard Mack. It's a new sheriff shirt they're putting together. Who are we talking about? We're talking about the two red pills. Soph and Jen, who do you got? You got Jen Orton and Sophie Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. And they claim Utah's plagued by corruption and fraud, especially in elections. That's what the two red pills are warning. You want to learn more? Tworedpills.org. And wow, have we got a barn burner half hour for you. Welcome, Jen. Hello, how are you? We are doing fantastic, except for I hear, and I can't believe this, but Utah is the second most corrupt state in the union when it comes to elections. Yeah. Well, when it comes to everything, that's the worst part of the whole thing. It was a 2021 study, so it's a recent one that found that we were second only to the state of Vermont, actually, in all-around corruption. And unfortunately, we have to agree with that. In fact, I, I dare say we're kind of right on Vermont's heels uh, to take over, number one, based upon what we're seeing here. We're an absolute um, nearing, and I think, a tyrannical state. The, the government overreach here is is unprecedented um, for our own state, and it's happening at a daily rate that alarms all of us. People are waking up left and right here finally and going, what in the world is going on in conservative Utah? All right, give us a 30-second on, uh, on the study. 
Uh, yeah, the, the study, of they, they did a number of different things that they looked at. It was um, from the number of bills passed, as, um, decisions of the government leaders. I mean, oh, my gosh, there was, like, so many criteria that they looked at, you know, financial regulations, um, uh, how acted with legislatures and, you know, things like that, even at the United States level, corporations coming in. I mean, the whole the whole gambit. And I think that's what they're seeing is this pattern of Utah being infiltrated, um, possibly, and I believe it is the case, intentionally, um, with a lot of these tech giants. A lot of you know, we got the NSA here. We have a lot of the big names nationally that are suspect. We got Google here. We've got Amazon here. We've got Facebook here, and tons and tons of tech companies that are really setting us up to Jan, be. I got inter- I got to interrupt you right there. Did they include that the state elected Mitt Romney? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, because for sure, if they oh, well, that's got to gotta be on the one. <laughs> Yeah, but let's well, be very clear. The state didn't there, really man. elect Mitt Romney, though. Uh, in my opinion, fraudulent elections are how he got elected in the first place. Remember, they circumvented a lot of the caucus systems. The caucus groups rejected Mitt, but he was able to circumvent mm-hmm. that with latest uh, manipulations and use big money uh, in the media to skip all that. Right, Ken? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, uh, Sophie's on. Can you guys see her? Hi, Sophie. Welcome. Hi. Hi. I, I just, if I can interrupt really quickly, you were talking about how these people, um, they circum- circumvent the caucus system. Jen and yes, I indeed. are, and many Utahns are just so incredibly frustrated with SB 54 here in Utah. It, it, it has allowed these leftist rhinos who have this globalist agenda to um, be selected instead of elected they go out and start gathering signatures under the guise of wanting to show grassroots support when we really know they're absolutely scared out of their minds that the caucus and the people of their state do not want them to represent them and so they 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 basically uh, i think what she's talking about go ahead jen yeah, so basically what she's saying is that there was a bill put in in 2014 which allows these candidates who cannot get the support of the people to buy their way into office by gathering 28,000 signatures, including that is exactly what happened with our Governor Cox. Again, the, when the people aren't supporting these people, they go buy their way in. It's a horrific law. We, we need to get it repealed immediately. Amen to that. And that's how Mitt Romney got into office. I wanted to highlight that because I don't want people to think we really voted for this uh, guy. The the Utahns didn't really put this guy in place as you might think it to be. Selected rather than elected is the best way to put it. I concur with that uh, assessment. Now, there's a backdoor, unbelievable uh, election data exposed. Jen, do you want to talk about this? Because this is really how you discovered a lot of the the, – I don't know what you want to call it, corruption and shenanigans that have taken place, this back door to the, to the information, right? Yeah, you're talking about the presentation I did at Mike Lindell's event in Missouri. Is that correct? Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, so Sophie um, 
and I have been working on trying to figure out who these players are. One of the things that she came across that was really astounding was getting records from the United States Postal Service. Sophie, can you hear me? Yep, say yes, that again. Okay. That's really important. Make sure say that on. one more time. So Sophie got some oh. information from the United States Postal Service um, that showed relaxed deadlines and other things that were showing the collusion with the post office and the elections. So what I started to do was dig into Utah County, who is one of the few counties in the United States right now who I believe is a test model for a specific GIS, geo-enabled systems, which they usually just do the mapping and redistricting. But they also are coming to certain counties and having specific elections departments, which is really scary to have this very advanced, technically savvy set of staff members who are, you know, digging. These guys are bright people digging into our elections with many, many, many layers of data that the public has no insight into. In other words, there is oversight into the elections, but no um, uh, insight. I'm sorry. They have insight into the elections with no oversight of the of the public, and that's really the problem. So what I saw here in Utah County was a very complex mobile phone app used by the county clerk. She, we have screenshots of it. We have everything that shows that she has visibility into the election data. And I'm talking ballot boxes, not just what's in them, but what's expected to be in them, in collusion and cooperation of the United States Postal Service saying, gosh, this is how many we expected. Each of these districts, two to three days in advance, they know what's coming. Um, this is not available to see for the public as, as, it, as fully as it is. You can scale down to a house level to see what is projected to be voted for. I mean, and I'm sorry, that's, that's, I think it's, it's kind of a violation of privacy. Jen, it's not available to our elected officials either. If you ask the county commissioners, uh, if you ask the sheriff, if you, if you ask the DA, uh, they either uh, don't have the information either and or they pretend they don't have it, right? Exactly. And again, it's this GIS department, which I am not in any way saying these guys are nefarious. What is nefarious, in my opinion, is the fact that these election people who are ordering this department can do a whole lot of stuff with the data. And I don't know that that's really been made public before Patrick Colbeck and I did our presentation. Um, again, the visibility two to three days before an election gives you plenty of time to do what you need to do, possibly including print new ballots, redo things, you know, trade. I mean, they, yeah, they but it also it also presupposes it also presupposes an outcome um, which we uh, should not know beforehand. And if we do know beforehand and we presuppose this outcome, that alone is questionable as well. It makes you almost wonder. It reminds you of the gambling halls on sports. You know, how much of this is fixed or rigged or do you know, et cetera. Sophie, do you want to add to this? I, I think she's having connection problems. All right. Uh, Sheriff Mack, do you want to jump in right here? Well, yeah. Um, it, uh, a, a analysis, if you will, Jen, 
on elections, especially on swing states, and I know Utah isn't necessarily considered that, but because it's so corrupt, maybe it is. Um, mm -hmm. What major elections are happening in Utah this year on, on November 8th? Jen? Sophie, are you on? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Go ahead, Sophie. Yes, why don't you tell them about the major election of Mike Lee going on right now? Yes. Um, so Mike Lee, who is our very best option for Utah right now, um, is going against Evan McMullen, a leftist, liberal um, person that no one in Utah needs to be running any kind of policy here. Um, and what the media is doing here in Utah and the rhinos and establishment and the liberals, what they're doing is they're creating this narrative that Mike Lee's race and Evan McMullen's race is neck and neck. And anyone that lives in Utah knows this is absolutely not true. Um, and so for Jen and I, it's this very scary, um, methodical process that the media and the rhinos and the establishment, all those people I just mentioned, use so that when the election is manipulated and the machines do what these people want them to do and select who they want to select, people aren't shocked. Because In other words, the outcome matches the propaganda. Yes, thank you. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. Sheriff? Well, yeah, normally uh, you would think that Mike Lee would be time uh, in Utah. And isn't uh, the person, what's his name, running against Evan him? Evan McMullen. Evan McMullen. McMullen. It, it, but he's not running as a Democrat, right? He's running as an independent or non-party? Right, right, correct. Yeah, he wanted to run so, Republican and then basically lost and now wants to stay in the race, right? Yes, but he did get the backing of the Democrats. Um, I mean, they've been very vocal and open about this. They're saying he is our candidate, actually. So he is the uh -huh. one running against them for the Democrats. Yeah, so. exactly. Okay, how about any other state offices? Are there, like, Secretary of State? Uh, your governor doesn't run no. this time, right? No, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll have the uh, unfortunate chance to see him again in two more years running. That's the biggest is, election has on anything... the table to discuss, but there are uh, other races that do matter, though. Uh, but it's, it's not any big-name candidates that's not being focused on, but some of those outcomes matter at the county level, uh, and uh, some of the other local uh, elections do matter, uh, and those could be yes. uh, election fraud just as easy as others, Sophie. Uh I would argue, and I think Jen would agree with me, that those county races are just as important as these statewide races because many of those people that are going to be elected are um, are their county clerks that determine our elections. And there is one particular um, county clerk in Weber County that we are so concerned about. In this uh, June primary, we have many affidavits. Um, there she went again. They have many affidavits. a county clerk named Ricky Hatch. He is a member of the CTCL advisory board. He's a member of EAC advisory board. He is involved with the Department of Homeland Security and other cybersecurity um, groups, and he is also the head 
of the state county clerks, and he is on the National County Clerk Association. This man is very, very well connected. And what Sophie was saying is that we have many affidavits, multiple affidavits from people in Weber County who were poll workers who said, we went into the primaries um, on that Weber County race, and Ricky Hatch, it already showed on the board, you know, from they got there right from the start, but it showed on the board that he was up 9,000 votes to 3,000 votes for another candidate who was very well known being a former mayor and a very conservative person in, in a very conservative place. What's interesting is that the, the uh, Ricky Hatch, of course, runs his election. He wins by the exact same proportion that those 9,000 to 3,000 votes had. In other words, the percentage difference stayed consistent throughout the entire race. I mean, statistically, yeah, so the that's almost becomes, impossible. The question becomes, how do you start so far ahead, but then it doesn't change over time? What the heck exactly. is up with that? Here's, here's the it's, question uh, for Jen and Soph as well, if, if she's there. How I know that Utah is, a, is an ERIC-contracted state, E-R-I-C, ERIC. How does that fit into it? Because once uh, the information goes into ERIC for voter rolls, et cetera, um, we don't have the ability to do a FOIA request or a grandma request or any Freedom of Information Act kind of requests uh, on the data. Um, so how does ERIC play into this? I think that's a huge component. Oh, it's so frustrating. Eric has come into these states and said, hey, we're this organization that's going to help you maintain and clean your voter rolls for a a yearly fee, we will just completely take care of your voter rolls. And it's very concerning to Jen and I that we have not, we didn't agree that our personal information would be given to this organization. Well, and, and the personal information that she's talking about is height, weight, social security numbers. I mean, there's medical records as well. Why in the world is a third-party organization able to have this? It's being fed to them through the DMV. That's it's, right, sir. It's a, it's a problem. It's a huge problem. And and they claim that they're, they're cleaning our vote when they're actually doing the very opposite. They're leaving thousands and thousands right. of either people or duplicates um, on the voter rolls. And it's kind of creating a blank check for votes when the election comes around. Um, you know, if, if someone wanted to, they could just print these ballots in these people's names that are not even registered voters, but they, Eric has these names on their rolls. Um, and also something very is that remind they, everybody what, remind everybody what Eric stands for. Okay. Electronic, electronic registration information center. And it is run, it was developed and run by David Becker, a, a Trump hating leftist, um, New yeah. New World Order lover. He's got George um, Soros I, ties, right? Yes, yeah, he does. A, and, 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 and he, it's a private company. It's a private company. It's not. It's not a government agency. It's not answerable to government. And and then Eric comes in and contracts with the counties and the state and completely takes over. 
Exactly. Right. We to sue Eric, and we also need to get, have our state get out of Eric. Uh, I don't even know how we got into a contract like this. There's so many laws broken. It's beyond imagination, uh, Sophie. Yes. If I can just say one more thing about Eric, the fact that with the Utah, in these contracts with our states, they say that Eric cannot verify anyone's citizenship. So basically what they're saying, the person, the, 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 the NGO over our voter rolls cannot verify if the people on our voter rolls are actually citizens of the United States. All right. Now, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, these are the people that run around and tell us we have no evidence of election tampering, election fraud, votes outside the law, whatever term you want to use to define this. Folks, listen, we have to preserve the data from 2020. Saving 2020 election data is critical um, because what they want to do is just move us beyond that, beyond that, beyond that, as they get better and better and better at hiding uh, the manipulated data, Jen. Yes, absolutely. Um, and first, just so you know, I asked for the Eric contract, as did Sophie, and they claim they didn't even have one. We've been a founding member. Utah has since 2012. We've we've been in this. Okay, wait a minute. Years. If they don't have the information, we should sue them then for turning over well, the voter me, rolls without even an agreement. Well, no, let me just tell you what happened. So they said they didn't have the contract, but I found evidence through a different public records request that the contract existed, and then they were forced to give it to us. So they are hiding what their own contract says from the people, which tells you how um, alarming the contract is. Do you have the contract? We do now. Yes, Yes, we do. All right. I'm hoping you'll send me a copy. And who signed the contract? (laughs) Um, It was Greg Bell at the time. Uh, 2012 um, for the original contract. But then again, the lieutenant governors, Mark, you know, the Mark Mitchells, Mark Lees of the world were continuing to sign that on an annual basis. But to your other point about the lawsuits, uh, Sophie and I, as you guys are aware, back in December of last year, we developed this plan to save Utah's data. We did all 29 counties for four to five different pieces of election information. And we have been fighting this fight for going on almost a year now. And we are proud to say that we are still in the process. The data was not allowed to be destroyed. And we're talking about Real quickly, images. real we're quickly. Talking- Sophie, Sophie yeah. and Jen, thanks for all you have done. Thanks for being on today. Thanks for being ready. Sophie, F, Jen, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll talk soon because we got lots to cover still. Thank you for being on All right, on send me morning. the contract, ladies, and we'll have you back on the radio soon as well. God bless. More in seconds on the Sheriff Back Show. The global currency collapse will wipe out the dollar and many other assets. And the only things that will maintain value during the global debt reset are those with intrinsic value that do not require governments, corporations, or markets to make good on their obligations. At the top of this list of intrinsic assets is physical gold and silver. These precious metals have outlasted every failed civilization and government in human history. And they are non-digital, which means they still hold value even if the power grid fails. The Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals Company is my go-to source for physical precious metals that are delivered securely and discreetly into your hands. Visit brightionmetals.com to check their live pricing and in-stock coins and bars. Find out why they are my trusted source for physical metals and why they're the official sponsor of Brighteon.tv. Brighteonmetals.com.
Hi, everybody. Doug Billings from the right side with Doug Billings. Don't forget, Brighty on TV, the place to find everything that you want, including these two ladies. Holy moly, look at me. You think that God's not involved in this? you got another thing coming. It's a God thing, ladies and gentlemen. Join us. We love you guys on Brighty on TV, Resistance Chicks, and Doug Billings. Join us on Brighty on Radio, the Jim Price Show, their evenings. Make sure and join me for the daily update as I talk to you about the day's events and things we can do to make the world a better place and make sure that the world is what we want to be in the future. So join us on Bright Town Radio, the Jim Price Show. Thank you so much. Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals. Mike Adams of NaturalNews.com says, 2020 has shown us that we must prepare for the unexpected. Gold and silver will be indispensable to your fiscal security during the coming financial pandemic. Shipments of real gold and silver are delivered safely, discreetly, and securely right to your door. You can also hold precious metals in your IRA. This allows you to protect your retirement savings with the ultimate safe haven, assets of gold and silver. Your metals are held in the form of physical coins and bars in a private depository under your name and on your behalf. Simply visit brighteonmetals.com today. Gold and silver will be indispensable to your financial security. Shouldn't you at least look into it? Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals, in business since 1976. Visit brighteonmetals.com today. Your own government has the power to activate a kill switch on all telecommunications, instantly shutting down all private phone calls and texts. An EMP weapon or solar flare can achieve the same result. Rolling blackouts or permanent power outages will also take out the power supply to cell tower antennas, rendering mobile devices all but useless. During these emergencies, how do you stay in touch with the important people in your life anywhere on the planet? The answer is the Bibby Stick at sat123.com. The Bibby Stick is a two-way satellite text messaging device that uses a satellite constellation, not cell towers, to send and receive text messages. It works anywhere on planet Earth, including in war zones or blackout areas. In unpredictable times, the Bibby Stick helps you stay connected when it matters most. Visit sat123.com to get one while they're still available. For your support of this platform, use the code BTV at checkout for additional savings. Brighteonstore.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, since I'm from the great state of Utah, I got to introduce the two red pills. TwoRedPills.org, but Sheriff Max from the great state of Arizona, so he introduces our next guest, Sheriff. And he is a good friend of mine, and he's been very involved in politics and leadership in the state of Arizona. He is a former peace officer. He is from Tucson, Arizona area, and again, the most important thing is that Mark Fincham is a very good friend of mine. Mark, back to the show, and thank you for running for Secretary of State 
of the great state of Arizona. Welcome. Thank you, Sheriff Mack. Thank you very much, Sheriff Hey, Mack. Mark, Mark, what is your election website so people can donate? Uh, votefincham.com. That's V-O-T-E-F like Frank, I-N like Nancy, C-H-E like Edward, M like Mark.com. Um, we've also got something up there. It's new, uh, the events tab. We've got a number of events, including a concert this coming Friday at, well, the the location will be disclosed once you have a paid ticket. But it'll be Trey Taylor is going to be doing a country music concert up in Paradise Valley for us. I love it. Great work. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Fincham is over the target. He won his primary. He just had a debate, and I want to take this on directly because the mainstream press uh, is so dishonest, and their belligerent attacks just prove how desperate these people really are. So Mark was in the debate, and they asked Mark, hey, why do you believe your 2022 primary was legitimate, but you still believe that, hey, the 2020 election was rigged? They asked him that question. I think it's a fair question to ask. Uh, but you know what? They always look for a way for someone in the media not to respond in, in, in the most favorable way. Uh, and they're uh, not telling the whole story uh, on exactly what really happened and on your response. So I'm going to bring up a couple of details in a second, Mark, but I want you to get the first uh, take on this, unedited, unscripted, but yet your chance to, to say what you want. What do you think? They're saying, hey, you got caught flat-footed. You claimed you didn't know. You claimed you didn't know anybody voted for Joe, and that's all there is to it. I don't believe that's the whole story, first of all. Mark? Well, it's not the whole story. It's, it's hyper, it's hyperbole. Um, in fact, many people have noticed that that wasn't really a debate. That was a three on one bushwhacking. Um, yeah. the moderators, the so-called yeah. moderators, a reporter from, uh, the Arizona, uh, Republic and a, a member, uh, Ted Simons, I guess is the guy's name. As soon as people uh, in my camp saw that he was involved with this, they knew that this was, would have been, was going to be a three-on-one attack, which is what it turned out to be. But quite frankly, it backfired terribly. Um, folks saw the clean elections system for what it is, and they're just they're, they're, it's it's laughable. In fact, we have another event coming up uh, tomorrow with uh, Univision. And I'm going to be able to go back and uh, relitigate what happened on the, the first go round. But moreover, they they made the assertion that the 2020 election was just fine. And the case that I tried to make was in 2016. You had Kamala Harris, uh, Amy Klobuchar, Eric yeah, sleeping with the, the enemy swallowed election problems to say Barack the Obama. Yeah, and they, and they Barack they were all saying that the electronic system was. It was uh, flawed, that there was a problem with it. And then fast forward to 2020, suddenly they're all happy with it. And I think that the point that they tried to make was that I'm an election denier. And always pointing out is, no, I'm, I'm not an election denier. I'm a truth seeker. If nothing changed between 2016 and 2020 but the candidates, that means we still have the same problems. But they don't want to talk about the problems. They were happy with the result. And that just highlights the hypocrisy with both parties, by the way. We've got Amen. individuals in both the Republican and Democrat Party that are problematic. 
Yeah. And that's why they use so, the and denier term. Let me highlight this a little bit for everybody to understand. Yeah. Headline from the mainstream press says this. Election denier Mark Fincham wins Arizona GOP Secretary of State primary. It's NBC News, and they call it projects his win. Now, here's what's fascinating. How do you, before somebody wins, start out saying election denier Mark Fincham is projected to win? Wait a minute. Why are you calling him an election denier? He's running in an election. He's not debating that this election is legitimate. How do you say he's the denier? Well, that's how they manipulate right from the get-go. If they continue to just throw shade, throw shade, uh, after a while, it's it's Solinsky's idea. Hey, if you just lie enough, people begin to believe it. But let me give you the highlight. Uh, In the 2020 election, um, Biden barely won. There's a debate in every state about how many votes, what, where, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, in the Fincham primary win, just so you know, Fincham, that's Mark, on the TV with us right now, had 40% of the vote, okay? State rep, Shauna Bullock, had 19% of the vote. Bo Lane got 25% of the vote, they claim. So when you have a situation where Mark wins handily, the greater the uh, lead is, the harder it is to commit your election fraud, people. So the reason that we say 2020 was a scandal is because it was really close and they can manipulate very easily. When you're like Mark and you win 40% to the next closest is 15 points behind you, well, we don't think that you guys can commit fraud when it's that big of a difference, especially when you know somebody like Mark is watching this election uh, like a hawk, and so are all Mark's associates, like me and many others, who know how to dig and research, who will call a halt to the con game if they get caught. So the big reason is that you guys know you might get caught, and so you're not going to maybe commit election fraud in the primary when you might be able to win uh, in the general election. So you're going to be very careful on that. But I digress a little bit. Now they called Mark a denier. They also called state rep Shauna Bullock a denier. So let me get this straight, mainstream press, you thugs from the pit (laughs) of hell. That means that they voted 40% for Mark and 19% for this other lady. So 59% of the people voted for election deniers. Or in other words, election truthers. Or in other words, people who want honest elections. 60% of the people voted for somebody who doesn't believe the elections are honest. Who doesn't believe the elections have integrity. 60% of the voters. So to all of you who want to just mock Mark, shame on you because 60% of the population agrees with them on this very point. Mark? Well, actually, 67% of voters across the country believe that we need to improve election security. We need to uh, address election integrity. I mean, everywhere I go, people are telling me stories about what they've observed, and they know that something is wrong with the system. Well, now you've got a captured media. We no longer have, for for the most part, a free press. That's why news organizations like yours are so vitally important, because if all you're being fed is the tripe of George Orwell, 1984, (laughs) <laughs> what are you? What else do you have? So you know the the fact that we have identified things that they can't answer. You know, I was trying to make the point uh, with the the uh, clean elections team. Look, we've got evidence that has come up from the Arizona uh, audit, the uh, Senate's audit of Maricopa County. We're still going through some of the material that was turned over. 
And they don't happen to like Jovan Pulitzer. Well, I don't give a bloody damn if you like him or don't like him. The man has found something that is an open question that has to be answered. And that is that 140,000 ballot images, 140,000 ballot images, think about that, out of the millions that were cast, don't have an audit head stamp that was supposed to be automatically created when the ballot was counted. They also have a different file structure, yet they were counted. Now, these are votes that are outside of the law because you cannot trace them back to the machine that allegedly counted them. Those are 140,000 ballots, which, by the way, those are the files that were turned over by Maricopa County. Now, as a Secretary of State, if my job is to see to it that only votes that are cast within the law are counted, and those votes cast outside of the law are not, you're able to go back to 140,000 ballots, do the count on those ballots, and subtract that result from the, the, the ballot images that are legitimate. The fact that there is no audit head stamp on those ballots makes them, by definition, illegitimate votes. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't bother me with the details, elections denier. Yeah, they're freaking out over that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how the these thugs operate because you know they're out of reality, they're out of debate, so they start to attack the messenger, Mark. That's all that's happening that's right. here. The people know it, and you're likely to win in November, and they are frightened at that reality. Well, they're also frightened about some of the stuff that we have on Adrian Fontes. You'll notice that he was trying to go after me for my service record. Okay, this is a guy who's got an arrest record for felony flight. We have the police report. Okay, you've got that. And then, <laughs> as if that's not enough. Other than that, it's not so to, bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, other than that, it's not so bad. Um, then you've also got a situation where he, he likes to go out on Twitter and make bombastic statements. Well, there was one where a, a, a constituent asked him a question, a legitimate question. And his response was, go F yourself. On Twitter, apparently oh he didn't God. realize that's a public platform. So I can only assume that, I mean, people yeah, but Twitter do won't take him like down that. for that. They'll take you down for being an election denier, but they won't take him down for that, right? Well, here's the other direct hit that I, I was able to uh, um, make on. This was a slugfest, okay? We were able to land this punch. Lori Roberts, no friend to conservatives, Okay. Lori Roberts writes in the Arizona Republic back on September 13th of 2020, Adrian Fontes is, quote, making up law as he goes along. This won't end well. It's a frightening thought. The guy in charge of elections can do as he pleases as long as there's no prohibition in the law. That's right. Now, one of the things that my oath of office requires of me is that I follow the law as written. And if there is a gap in the law, I need to go to the legislature, explain what the gap is, possibly make a recommendation on how to pass statutory language that covers that gap, and then abide by the law. That's not what Adrian Fontes has a history of. In fact, Abe Kwok in the same uh, version of the newspaper said he made dramatically bad moments, recklessly irresponsible and deserving the boot. In other words, Adrian Fontes was fired for malfeasance, misfeasance, and mis maladministration. That's why he wasn't reelected. Now he's asking for a promotion. No, yeah. I don't think so. And 
That now, I think we need to explain that a little bit. We need to explain that a little bit. So Adrian Fontes was the county recorder for Maricopa County, correct? That's right. 2016 through 2020. And, and then it was, the election was such a, sh- a mess and such a, a show, a, a, <laughs> an absolute mess that right. they called for his resignation. And did he not resign? No, he was booted out of office. But so that begs the question, what was the activity that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors took? They realigned election responsibility. Okay. Um, But I guess that's part, that's kind of like a solution, but it doesn't address the overall problem. You know, one of the things that I think is really important for us to understand is the, the executive branch is there to enforce the law, which means... If there are grievances that are made by the um, constituency to the Secretary of State's office, if they are founded, if there's probable cause to believe that a violation of state statutes has been uh, has been made, um, that referral needs to go to the Attorney General's office immediately, or to the County Sheriff. Quite frankly, I think it needs to go to the County Sheriff, but you can't re- you can't rely on some of the sheriffs that we have in office right now. So we right. have to develop a plan. Uh, that will handle grievances, um, complaints, if you will, in an expeditious manner. Because we're once you have an election, we're on the clock. We have to certify that canvas in a very short period of time. And if people want to make a challenge to something, Secretary of State's office is going to have to be prepared to to deal with that challenge. Well, that is so astonishing because you're you're absolutely correct, Mark, that Fontes screwed up royally on the election and was was uh beat in the election or how when you say booted from office what do you mean well they, they Abe Quack said he deserves the boot and I think what they were talking about is he ran against Stephen Richard now there's some kind of bromance going on between Richard and Fontes today but when Richard was running for that office against Adrian Fontes he did a very detailed report titled failure and highlighted all of the failures that Adrian Fontes engaged in while he was a county recorder. That's right. probably why Mr. Retcher won. And I don't even know within the report, Adrian Fontes even was slapped down by the courts and his own Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs. He attempted to mail 200,000 ballots that people didn't ask for. And he had to be stopped. Legally, had to be stopped. So that's the kind right. of thing that you can expect from Adrian Fontes as a Secretary of State. My we wife and I were the recipients of six of those, Mark. I think I told you. Yeah, my, you mentioned My that wife and I got three mail-in ballots each. Six ballots mailed to our home yeah, address. Yeah, vote early and vote often. And we never requested, plan. We never, yeah, I know, vote and vote often. And we never requested any of them, nor have we ever requested them. We always vote in person. Yet from Fontes, yeah. we got six ballots in a very strong well, Democrat and, area where we lived at the time. One of the things and, to remember about that, too, is every one, of the, every one of those ballots is $2.50 to the taxpayers. Think about oh, that. Well, what's money? $200,000. Well, 200,000 ballots by $2.50 in, in cost. That's the kind of oh. maladministration and misfeasance that's going on or was going on, would go on with somebody like Adrian Fontes in that seat. All right, I now, so Mark, they also, mentioned, they also mentioned in the mainstream press, Mark, 
Um, you know, hey, Mark makes all these claims. This election denier makes all these claims. Um, and there are no arrests. They lie. There's arrests due to election mishaps uh, in <laughs> Arizona already. There's arrests. Yep. What are they talking about? They just lie with impunity. Yeah. Not set on that. I mean, they wouldn't know the truth if it ran over them <laughs> like a bus. Well, where where is the election now in Arizona? What what's happening? Are there going to be any changes in November? What's what's the status now, Mark? Well, we've got a couple things going on. Um, there's legislation that I believe takes effect on September 28th. That's the 91 day marker. Um, for sine die versus many people might not know this, but on the day, the last day of the legislature, 91 days later, uh, all of the legislation that was signed into law takes effect. So we've got a couple of things. Um, some of it is election. And, and how about law. your lawsuit? You and Terry Lake have filed a lawsuit, correct? Yeah. So we filed the lawsuit back in April. The, the judge um, heard motions to dismiss, but did not dismiss in the moment. Then he went on to the evidentiary portion of the hearing, and he took evidence. So there's another misstatement by the Clean Elections PAC. Um, there is evidence in court that's been accepted by the court. These are declarations by computer science experts and, quite frankly, pointing out the vulnerabilities of black box ballot tabulation equipment. Um, that was dismissed later uh, after the primary because the judge said, well, you, you don't have standing. Well, okay, let's walk through that for a second. Both Carrie Lake and I are competing for office. Her for governor, me for secretary of state. I am a registered voter of Pima County. She's a registered voter of Maricopa County. Those two counties were named in the lawsuit. At the same time, we just went through a primary. So for, for the courts to say you don't have standing, I don't know who the heck would. If we who don't have standing, yeah, exactly. then nobody has. Election so deniers never have standing, Mark. Yeah, right. So, well, no, it's true seekers. True seekers. The election deniers, quite frankly, are the media. They deny that anything possibly be wrong with elections. And that, and that hold on, and that highlights the classic point of projection that they engage in every single right. day, ladies and gentlemen. If Mark That's is right. running for so office and wins, how is he an election denier, ladies and gentlemen? He just wants the details to be factual. He wants a, a, a candid, transparent election process, which they're denying him the ability to have, Mark. That's right. And so now our case is in front of the Ninth Circuit, um, which the the question is the application of the standing rule. And our attorneys tell us that the judge has misappropriated, uh, has not followed the proper rule for standing. Uh, He's misquoted it. He's misused it. So misapplied it. So, you know, we're, we're waiting for the Ninth Circuit to make a ruling. And really, we're asking for one of two specific reliefs. Either allow us to inspect the code to see if there is any nefarious executables in that code, or cease the use of those, those machines until we can prove that they are indeed secure and that the code does not flip votes. Now, we, we need only go to Tina Peters in El Paso County up in Colorado when she demanded a hand count and paid for it, by the way, they found a 62% error rate on Dominion equipment. 62% error rate. Think about that. <laughs> she actually oh, won but the it's election. Not a, it's not enough. It's not enough to change the outcome of oh, the election, Mark. Yeah. Remember, uh, 62%. Attorney General Barr yeah. said so. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, where we're at right now. We yeah, you want to know why they're election oh, deniers? Because they don't like the fact that they denied us the election. That's why. Uh, maybe that's it. Um, so we've got some polling in. Uh, last week, we saw a poll from the Trafalgar Group, which is a highly recognized, authoritative uh, polling organization, yeah. kind of like McLaughlin. Um, we're at seven points, plus or minus three points, margin of error. Um, OH Predictive here in Arizona did another poll. Uh, we are five points ahead of Fontes. And keep in mind, th- this is an interesting highlight. Adrian Fontes is spending a ton of money on advertising. He's on radio. He's got signs yeah. everywhere. We have not dropped a penny in advertising yet. So the question is, has Adrian Fontes already peaked out? And if that's the case, and we're still seven points ahead by Trafalgar, when we start advertising, we expect his numbers to tank because we're going to do some things. We're going to highlight some things in his past that he can't explain. For example, living outside of the law, both personally and professionally. He does not want to follow election law. He wants to do everything he can to interfere with our elections. Mark, thanks so much for being here, brother. Wish you good luck. Again, your your website? VoteFincham.com. That's V-O-T-E-F-I-N-C-H-E-M.com. Click on the events tab. Would love to see you at the, uh, the concert coming up this Friday. Thanks, Mark. Archives at Brideon.com. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com All right, ladies and gentlemen, a notice of appeal was filed. Uh, regarding the Mark Fincham, Carrie Lake lawsuit, what happened is the judge said they don't have standing. 
And now their attorneys are debating and, and challenging the judge's, quote, maluse, if you will, of what standing is. So a notice of appeal was filed to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals on this thing on Wednesday by the attorneys for Trump-endorsed gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake uh, and Trump-endorsed State Representative Mark Fincham. They basically say, look, folks, they say that we don't have standing. What we're pushing for, this is Mark and Carrie, we're pushing for the uh, rejection of the use or the stopping of the use of these electronic voting machines due to the fact that the devices have security vulnerabilities, Sheriff. This is the core of the lawsuit. So what I find interesting is the judge isn't even willing to debate the security of the machines. He just wants to stop them and say you don't have standing. Well, who the heck has standing on election machines and the the security problems relating thereto than actual candidates for office, Sheriff? Who would have more standing than that? Well, this is course. the problem that we're seeing, Sheriff. Who would it be? Who who would have standing then? It, it It's basically the judge saying that no one has standing. If a candidate for office uh, can't ask for uh, truth in, in elections, and a candidate who's already won the primary, both of them have won the primaries, both are ahead in the polls, and they can't challenge how the votes are tabulated and these machines that both both parties the most the biggest leaders in the Republican and Democrat parties both have said that these machines are not reliable and then somebody sues to try to verify that and to get some sort of change in the process and they say they don't have standing there could not be a more ridiculous ruling ever because then that means that no one has standing that is the quintessential point, and that's why the appeal. Well, the mainstream press is writing all these hit pieces saying, yeah, Mark Fincham's lawsuit, another one bites the dust. And, hey, the, the lawsuit he lost and this and that. Look, you can't say someone's lost when they appeal. Okay, you can say they might have lost the first round and then highlight that it's based on standing and give the details, but it's dishonest to just say, hey, it bit the dust. No, the court case is still alive, ladies and gentlemen. And oftentimes, judges get overruled, just so you know. But see, that's how they manipulate the narrative, dishonestly. The mainstream press needs to be called out on this dishonesty. Uh, if it was their guy, they'd write it completely different. They'd say an appeal over standing uh, is in the works and the lawsuit's still alive, which is really the truth. That's what they'd say if it was their guys. But they're dishonest, and we highlight their dishonesty at every turn. Hour one of the Sheriff Mack Show simulcast with liberty roundtable live in the can liberty roundtable live on Brighty on radio and the loving liberty networks lovingliberty.net continues in seconds stay tuned bushman and mac on your radio coming up god save the republic Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting news that I refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast. 
for September the 27th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country. We use the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution for the United States of America. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by our founders will help us restore the republic peacefully. And we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. It doesn't get better than that. Sheriff Max with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you very much, Sam. It's great to be with you this beautiful Tuesday morning. Wow. I don't know how to respond to this uh, headline that I have right here, Sheriff. And I just want to throw it out, and I want you to uh, pay attention, and I want you to respond to this. Are you ready? Sure. Here is the headline, my friend. 47 Alameda County Sheriff Deputies were stripped of their guns and their duty after unsatisfactory scores on psychological exams. So let me say that again. 47 Alameda, California sheriff's deputies let go, stripped of their guns, uh, let go. You know what? You're, you're taking off duty um, because of bad psychological exams that they were forced to take. Do you want to respond to this, Sheriff? You have got to be kidding it is a news uh, story, my friend. It is all over oh the news. Oh, my God. Is it Sam? Every one of those guys will be able to sue uh, for back pay and get their jobs back. Uh, unless they had some sort of contract that said, during your tenure here, if we uh, get a hold of another company uh, that has a psychological exam, uh, for peace officers or whatever. It, it could be for dog catchers or uh, nurses or whatever. It doesn't matter. Teachers? Teachers. Shouldn't we do that to teachers? They're around our kids every day. And uh, that's where it's if, headed, my friend. Oh, I'm sure. But if they don't have a contract that that allows that to be uh, abruptly in instead of grandfathered in, uh, this is ridiculous because those exams, uh, are uh, sp- speculative at best. Uh, I've seen them. Uh, I did not, I'm telling you right now, it's one of the reasons why I did not do very well uh, in getting to, into the FBI. I passed all their exams, but they had one that was some sort of psychological thing that asked, uh, oh, if somebody, uh, if you're at a crowded theater line and somebody crowds in front of you, what do you do? And then it gives you three possibilities. Well, I didn't like any of the three possibilities. And, and uh, so anyway, it doesn't it, – it gauges their, po- their possible three answers on every one of them. And uh, I was even told that by one of the examiners that you probably don't want to just give your normal moral answers – there, there's no right or wrong, but at the same time, there kind of is because it, it, if your score isn't above a certain level, uh, you're not going to make the top 5% to get in the FBI. And, and so I took that thing three times, and it was uh, impossible. In fact, the, the examiner said the people who usually have a, a real bad problem with these are high moral people. And that if you're very religious, it's it's go, you're going to put your morals and your religious principles 
uh, to the test in this, and you will side with that. And that's not usually what they're what they're looking for. And these tests are done by who, Sam? Who put them together? Socialistic, high society, uh, sociologists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And those people are among the top uh, for divorce rate and uh, social problems and, and mental problems and, and, and suicide. And so for them to, to establish some sort of test for cops, people who have never been cops are putting those together uh, and, and firing people over it? You've got to be kidding. Uh, and, and if this is something they wanted to do, they should do it at hiring time. But cops that are already well, on hold the on. job. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Now listen to this. They say they didn't pass the test at hiring time, but they still hired them anyway. Now they're reviewing this because of a, a long story, but it's like a murder and all this other subterfuge and the cops didn't act properly and da 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 So they hired them knowing full well they didn't pass these exams, Sheriff. Well, then they're in worse trouble. <laughs> if you apply a test and they don't uh, pass it, you don't hire them, idiot. They need to apply that test to the people who did the hiring. Sounds like the sheriff and the chief and, and the hierarchy needs to take the test and get rid of them. This this is just really stupid, Sam. I mean, it, what you just added made, made the whole thing even more stupid. Uh, I get it. it. I'm just telling you, this is all over the news. It's on major TV stations, ABC News. It's on the local channels in the uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, Alameda uh, is a county on the East Bay. Alameda is a city or whatever you want to say uh, as well. Uh, and so it's basically on the East Bay where Oakland, California is and all this stuff. And I'm telling you, this is absolute disaster. It broadens to, they say, Northern California uh, sheriff's deputies. As well, now what I find fascinating is we're attacking the sheriff's departments, not necessarily the police departments. Don't you find that fascinating, Sheriff? Well, yeah, I do, and and not only that, but uh, you know, what would you say to people who call and say, "Well, we're really short-handed because uh, forty-nine of our officers didn't pass their psyche valve." What? I just want an officer here. I've got burglars in my backyard, uh, and I'm not allowed to have a gun because it's California. So what do you want me to do now? You know, I, well, you can get a gun, but it's really difficult. But you can get a gun uh, in California. But the, the point is still the same. I mean, right now, another one, uh, I believe, was in California. Another story was because an officer uh, was in a school and he had a gun. Uh, and he was shooting at a suspect, and he accidentally hit uh, another child and, and killed that child, that now they want all officers with guns removed from the schools or the guns removed from the officers. So the officers have to be in uniform without a gun inside the school. And, and more insanity like that, Sam. You know, mistakes are going to happen every now and again, but it is widely proved. The evidence is overwhelming that an officer with a gun in a school or a, a teacher with a gun in a school is 10 times better than no gun. Uh, an immediate response with a gun is the best thing to resolve any of this, uh, any shooting in, in a school.
Well, uh, every they, time when a shooting uh, happens, the way it stopped is with a good guy with a gun, whether it's a citizen, whether it's a cop, no matter who it is, yes, it's always exactly. a good guy with a gun that stops them every single time, exactly. right? That's not even debatable. Right, exactly. It's not. It's, the evidence is overwhelming. So, But this thing about removing officers, how long will it take them to replace those officers? That will take at least six months to a year. So they're well, longer. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Short. Longer if they put these kind of mental exams in place, where the exams might not relate to whether you're stable and and able to carry a gun and and, and whether you can think straight. Um, it uh, before you know it, they're going to start having. Hey, are you gender bender? Are you fine with transgender? Whatever. Are are you fine with you know lesbians and gays and bisexuals and transgenders and who knows what's and. You know, how do you feel about uh, global warming or climate change? And how do you feel about the election fraudsters? And are you willing to realize there's domestic threat terrorists out there that are, you know, climate deniers and election deniers? And uh, you know what? How many MAGA, what, how do you feel about MAGA folks running around your county? And what I mean is, if, if you're not very careful, you start to kind of twist this into a litmus test for progressives to promote the progressives to position and to deny anybody who has common sense, Sheriff. I wonder if that was on the test, Sam. Uh, do you support MAGA, or are you a Trump? Do you did you vote for Trump? Yeah, there, there's your test. You know, I, I, you know, Sam. This has gotten so insane, and that's kind of funny no that we're talking question. about a psyche valve. <laughs> psyche and, and valve. And I don't even have the test questions in front of me, ladies and gentlemen. I just got this headline uh, from our California uh, CSPOA um, state leader there. Uh, highlighting this, going, Sam, what the heck's going on with this? And I went, I don't know. And I looked this up, and it's everywhere. And it's like, what on earth is But look, they're pushing, and I've documented this um, a few weeks ago on the program. They want psychiatric evaluations for every one of us. They believe everybody under 65 needs to have one. Right. Well, so, now, Sam, how do you, okay, Sheriff? So, uh, do you have to have uh, a psych be, evaluation? Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm past due because I'll be 70 in December. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, dang. Yeah, I you should have had one five years yeah. ago, buddy. Come on. I know. So, but what <laughs> the, job do I have? Think how psychotic. Well, the fact that you exist, you need one. I'm so, going to give my wife one. You're going to yeah. give your wife a psych? Well, she married you, Psych- so we're already questioning things. Yeah. So, and if she doesn't pass, that we're finished, buddy. Yeah. I'm just saying, listen to where we're headed in America, folks. I know. I know. Think about that. And, and when you start with the the law and order people. Now I'm not telling you that all the cops are perfect and I'm not defending bad apples in the barrel, but I am going to defend uh, the sheriffs and I'm going to defend the police in general and say, you know what? Most of them are good people doing the best they can, but what a way to call the herd or what a way to manipulate the ranks to promote specific people into power who don't belong there. They've been doing this in the military for quite some time as well. We'll come back and talk about it more in a second. I'm Sam Bushman, Sheriff Mack with me right here on Liberty Roundtable Live. We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at freedomfactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. freedomfactor.org. 
Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, a lot of this, uh, sometimes, folks, we get a news story right before airtime, and we don't have time to get all the details, so we're working on it as the show unfolds. That's what happens when you get live information. Thanks so much for those who provided it to us, but we're tracking it down real time. We usually get a minute or two to scramble and get our notes together and, and, and kind of have a handle on the story. In this case, we're doing our very best. 47, what, thousand? Yeah. No, 4,700, right? It's got to be 4,700, doesn't it? can't be 1,000. 4,700. All right. Oh, I guess 47. I guess just 47, not 4,700. What the heck? Then later, somewhere they said four, almost 4,000. So I don't really understand. Anyway, we're going to watch uh, or listen to a news piece on this from ABC News. Here it is. It's a bombshell that the Alameda County Sheriff's Department admits was wrong. 47 deputies were asked to give back their badge and firearms after an internal audit into their psychological exams found that they were not suited for the job. A lot of young people out of college don't do as well on the psychological exam as someone who has much more life experience. This has nothing to do with substance use issues or any mental disorders or diagnosis. Sergeant Ray Kelly with the Sheriff's Department said a contributing factor was their age. Deputies qualify for this role at 21 years old. Ladoris Hassard Cordell, a retired Superior Court judge and former independent police auditor for the city of San Jose, pointed out that the psychological exam measures more than just age. This whole purpose is to determine whether or not that person is suitable to do the work of a law enforcement officer, free from emotional and or mental conditions that might adversely affect the exercise of the powers of a peace officer. Jim Hammer, former San Francisco assistant district attorney, believes these candidates should have been flagged years ago. No job that requires more discretion, more good judgment, more balanced psychological state than someone with a badge and a gun. Whoever allowed them uh, to go into duty with the D score, uh, you know, I hope they're not in position of authority anymore. 
What triggered this audit was a double homicide from several weeks ago where a 24-year-old Alameda deputy was arrested. He had failed his law enforcement psychological exam. Sergeant Kelly said that prior to 2016, the law allowed for people with a low psychological exam score to be hired. That law changed in 2016. Either people just dropped the ball and did not keep up with the law. But it's more than an oversight. That's negligence. Alameda County Sheriff's Department confirmed the 47 deputies are currently doing desk jobs and will undergo a second psychological exam. You believe that more consequences will come out of this? Yes, there are going to be some very serious repercussions. I see lawsuits. I could see the deputies suing. Uh, some heads are going to roll. We reached out to the union representing sheriff deputies and have not heard back. In San Francisco. Luz Pena, ABC 7 News. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why I said 4,700. My goodness, I'm so sorry. Uh, again, when stories unfold real time, it's hard to... 47 Alameda County sheriffs were stripped of their guns and their duties after they don't pass psychological exams. Now, that, it, that what they say is younger people don't do as well on these tests or whatever. But look, a lot of these tests were done when they were hired, and now they're being used against them. But here's what I find interesting. So you see that going on. Primarily the sheriff's department. Now, I don't know about the police departments and how that relates, but it's interesting they attack the sheriff's departments, not necessarily the police departments. Now, here's the next interesting headline that dovetails with this perfectly. As you know, there's defund the police movements all over the country, which we stand firmly against. Uh, we get, if we want to be careful not to, you know, get military hardware at great expense into a county, you know, we agree that we need to watch the funding. Make sure that it's used appropriately. But we're not the defund the police group, okay? We're just not, never have been, never will be. We believe that there's some bad apples that need to get out for sure, but we believe on the whole uh, most of the police people are good people doing the very best they can. Certainly oversight's warranted. Certainly accountability and transparency matters. Uh, but anyway, I digress. But listen to this next headline in relation to all this. Norlands, Louisiana is adding dozens of civilian employees to its police department amid an ongoing staffing crisis. According to police, the New Orleans Police Department is hiring 50 to 75 civilians. They got a staffing crisis going on there, Sheriff. They need to reduce the workload on officers and deputies they say the police response time is a problem. Superintendent Sean Ferguson uh, is speaking out about this, said in a press conference that civilians will respond to calls that do not require, quote, police presence, and they will answer the phones and take some of the pressure, some of the workload off of the police officers. They say some civilians will be trained to take over Detective work, according to Ferguson, as we take calls over the phone, there may be some evidence that needs to be collected with that call, Ferguson said. So we'll train civilian investigators to go out, collect that evidence, instead of an officer. Huh. I don't even know how to respond to this, Sheriff. We want to defund the cops. Then it gets so bad we want to hire civilians. But yet these um, 
you know, trained people don't pass medical exams, so they're out, but these other guys, uh, civilians, are in? What the heck's going on around here, Sheriff? <laughs> Desperation is what's going on. Uh, they can't keep up with the demand uh, of the police or police demand from the public, and and uh, so they're uh, getting desperate and asking people to do that. Uh, there are civilian personnel out here in Arizona who respond to traffic accidents where it used to be a cop. Uh, it's now civilian people, unless there's a DUI or real serious injuries, uh, just civilian respond and say, here, uh, exchange your uh, insurance information and uh, contact your insurance agent uh, today or tomorrow as soon as you can. And good luck and, and uh, see you later. Uh, so uh, they've seen it nationwide, Sam, that there simply is a shortage. Uh, people can't respond. Uh, two years ago when Don and I were living in West Phoenix, uh, we called all night long because the neighbors had a live band going on Halloween till 4.30 in the morning. A live band right in our backyard. It was literally, and I'm not making this up, it was literally shaking our windows. Uh, and obviously, uh, the lovely Don and I could not sleep. And we called the police department probably 10 times. So finally, I told them, I'm just going to go over there and take care of it myself, just as a good neighbor would. And she, oh, no, please don't do that. And I said, well, uh, you can send a cop or I'll go take care of it. Well, I never did go over. I was going to get my... Uh, water hose and squirt it over onto uh, the band, but then if I ruin their equipment, uh, then I could get in some trouble. So I, I decided not to do that. And generally, they were pretty good neighbors, but this one was out of control. Another thing, Sam, there is not room uh, in any department all of a sudden for 47 guys to work at a desk. So they're paying these guys for doing nothing. Uh, and uh, another issue you have here is this is what happened to the FBI's examination back uh, 40 years ago when I first tried to get the FBI. This is what happened. They were having so many people that they thought were good candidates uh, not doing well on their psyche bow. So they started giving it to seasoned FBI agents, and they also were not doing well on the test, and they got rid of the test. I would challenge them if they really wanted to have a telltale sign that he evaluates the psych evaluation, that they would do the same thing. Start giving it to chiefs of police and assistant chiefs and undersheriffs and sheriffs and people who have been on for 10, 15, 20 years. See how they do. And, and then that way you're actually testing the efficacy of the evaluation itself. But I'm not in favor of these evaluations. Training should be sufficient to see how people respond, and the training officer in the academy can rate these people and what they do. That should be where this is the candidate to be a sheriff or a deputy sheriff, or a They also officer. do background checks on the stability of people as well, and look what's in their history, well, too. <clears throat> so, course. for example, even to be a mortgage officer and an insurance licensed 
uh, person. I had to pass fiduciary responsibilities. I had to give all my thumbprints, fingerprints, palm prints to the FBI, and they had to make sure that I was okay to administer in the finance world. Then they say that I can't fly on a plane without taking off my shoes because I could be dangerous. See, these people are psychotic. When we get back, I have more on this that will shock you relating to the Louisiana New Orleans Police Department, folks. Hang tight. This is shocking. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A strengthening Hurricane Ian is striking Cuba's western side this hour, where authorities have evacuated 50,000 people as it became a major Category 3 storm early Tuesday. It is expected to hit Florida's west coast as a Category 4 hurricane Wednesday. Evacuations have been issued in Tampa and surrounding areas as to where it will hit in Florida on Wednesday remains to be seen. The Tampa airport will close down operations at 5 p.m. local time Tuesday. Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, We're going to keep monitoring the track of this storm, uh, but it really is important to stress the degree of uncertainty that still exists. And so anybody from Tampa Bay all the way to Escambia County, uh, there are different tracks that would take it into any one of those places. Lawyers for Elon Musk and Twitter are set to debate several pending requests for information in their continuing legal battle. With less than three weeks to go before a scheduled trial over Mr. Musk's $44 billion takeover went south after Elon's claim Twitter was hiding pertinent information. Federal officials have taken possession of a Pacific Gas and Electric Company utility transmission pole and attached equipment as part of an investigation into what caused the mosquito fire. It's burned 77,000 acres across Placer and El Dorado counties, and is 85% contained as of Monday. The fire destroyed 78 structures. The investigation was noted on Pacific Gas and Electric's filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission on Monday. Danish authorities on Monday asked ships to stay away from the island of Bornholm after a gas leak overnight from the defunct Russian-owned Nord Stream 2 pipeline drained into the Baltic Sea. The German government and Danish authorities are working together to see what happened and are leaning towards sabotage. USA Radio News. This week on the Greenstock Journal, we're looking at public companies dedicated to environmentally friendly alternative energy sources. Blue Biofuels, trading under the symbol BIOF, has developed and patented a technology that can convert ordinary plant materials such as king grass, sugarcane bagasse, and farm waste into sugars that are used to create ethanol and sustainable aviation fuels. Blue Biofuels does this in a CO2-neutral and environmentally friendly manner. With the Ukraine war leading to grain shortages and record high corn prices, Blue Biofuels offers an alternative to corn-based ethanol by using plant-based waste. There are limitations in the amount of corn available for fuel, whereas there is sufficient plant-based feedstock suitable for the BIOF process to replace half the fossil fuels used in the U.S. Technologies like Blue Biofuels could be the answer that brings about a biofuels revolution, producing billions of gallons a year, making green energy production finally a reality. Do your research now on BIOF. For more on this story, visit GreenStockJournal.com. GreenStockJournal.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. 
Man, there is, <laughs> this is just hard to even uh, deal with, ladies and gentlemen. There's so much news, and it is just so shocking. Now, listen to this. We're talking about the cops in Alameda, California, and they've basically been let go, 47 of them, uh, sheriff's deputies, because they can't pass a, quote, mental exam. All right, now, that is crazy. But in New Orleans, Louisiana right now, you've got citizens. Uh, the, the police department is hiring 50 to 75 citizens because they've got a staffing crisis going on there. They want to increase response time. They say some civilians may need to take over detective work. Have you lost your mind? These people don't know how to do detective work. That's what all this training and FBI Academy and all this stuff is supposed to be about. Now, listen carefully, though to the rest of this. I don't know if you know this, but New Orleans was the murder capital of the United States for the first half of 2022. The murder capital of the United States for the first half of 2022. They say with homicides up 46% from the prior year. Now listen carefully. And 140% from 2019. That's according to the WBSU, that's Channel 6, and they say the goal of all this, meaning hiring civilian people to help with the cops, they say this, listen carefully, to make our officers feel safe so that they can make our citizens and visitors feel safe, Ferguson said in the press conference. Sheriff, wait a minute. You talk about the murder capital of the war, or of the United States for the first half, homicides and, and death and murders just up like drastically, and we're going to hire civilians to make everybody feel safer, including the cops. What the heck is going on? This guy needs a mental evaluation, my friend. Yeah, it, it shows just what I said, Sam. If you give that psyche bow to the seasoned officers and leadership, uh, you're going to see how uh, well everybody flunks it. Uh, it's you have to examine first of all who puts these together, and how they think it actually is accurate, and why it would be accurate. And everybody's different. Uh, literally, an atheist will give far different answers than a staunch Christian, born again Christian, on on these. Okay, one question I remember went like this. I'll give you an example. What's more important to you? being a good provider for your family, being successful in your career, or helping the poor? Okay. Yeah, that's a baited question. I'd choose my family every time, but then they'd say, since I ignored the poor, I'm a bad guy. In fact, I'm yeah. ignoring the Christian principle to take care of my neighbor and everything else. And No matter what, well, you Sam, just can't you win. Be... When did you quit beating your wife, Sheriff? Yeah, it's that yeah, kind exactly. of a deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and so on that same question, though, how are you going to be a good provider to your family if you're not successful in your career? So there's three answers there that go, whoa, okay. Wow, which one do I put? And and then, and then there's like 150 different questions very similar to that. Uh, and they'll ask the next question will be very similar, but it just asked in a different way. And and so, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's tough to decide 
who's more psychotic and failure, the people that put those <laughs> examinations together or the people who take them? Well, yeah. and I, I studied abnormal psychology uh, and psychology in college and everything else. And a lot mm-hmm. of the way these tests are done, too, is very, uh, very questionable in terms of not only the questions they ask, but the the um, takeaway from the answer to your question. Meaning, how are you going to answer that question, Sheriff? I, I chose the family. What would you choose? I'm sure I did uh, right now, uh, you know. Uh, would the would the higher morality answer be oh well of course taking care of the poor i'm not going to put the my family in front of taking care of the poor you know we've got to take care of the poor you know so my answer was the family i'm sure uh back then but uh you know i i don't know what they were really looking for what well, are they and i care for? about the poor plenty to me they're a close first and a second but I've sworn to take care of my wife in an oath when we got married. And that means the children that are innocent and are an outgrowth of that marriage as well. And so, look, there are obligations and priorities for everyone. Right. And if the, and if the uh, company, if the FBI or Alameda County Sheriff's Office is looking for loyal employees, they're going to want you to put uh, being successful in your career. You know? Are you willing to put your job first? How dedicated to your job are you going to be if you're going to put the poor in front of your job or your family? I mean, we're going to help you take care of your family if you get this job. You've got to be loyal to us or you're not going to be able to take care of your family. You know, so what are they really after? And it starts to be quite a psychotic thing going on when you start. Are they really after knowing how stable you are? Are they after debating their morality outcome versus yours? Um, You know, Ben Franklin said it's the first responsibility of all of us to question authority. And so we're questioning their authority on this, ladies and gentlemen, and saying, hey, hold on. Do they even have a right to do that? Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to eliminate 90% of the competition, all you got to do is show up on time with a good attitude. Believe it or not, Larry H. Miller addressed Snow College, and that's what he basically said uh, as a business leader, owner, etc. Hey, if you want to beat out 90% of the competition, all you got to do is show up on time with a good attitude, Sheriff. Um, and these cops might be doing this, but what is your greatest asset? They can ask questions like that. Is it time? Is it money? Is it people? Is it things? I submit that your greatest asset is time, but it goes quickly. You better use it wisely. But again, they might ask that. What is your greatest asset, Sheriff? My greatest asset is my wife. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, first off, you're a heterosexual, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm sorry. Yeah. See. Yeah. Wow. Not only I that, you're want... talking about an old lady that's expendable, right? <laughs> I, yeah. See, you should uh, see. You can never win with this kind of a logic, folks. It is it, in its very nature, it's psychotic. But think about this in the New Orleans Police Department, though. Sheriff, they literally said they need to hire these civilians because it'll help the cops feel safer. And that way, then the people can feel safer. That's a lie. How are the cops going to feel safer with a civilian? If I'm a police officer that's trained with a firearm, trained in investigative techniques, trained in response, trained in de-escalation, trained in all these different disciplines. I'm not even a a sheriff or a cop, so I can't even name them all. But trained in how to handle people and and how to approach situations and how you evaluate threats and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And I'm going to rely on a civilian to keep me safer? 
I don't how see how a, that's even going to work. How will a civilian react as a detective? How would they react? They are going to react because of the movies they've seen about detectives and law enforcement. That's how they're going to react. Now, as we purport in the CSPOA, we love posses, and those are citizens. But uh, I, I guarantee you, because I did it, the, the cops did not want civilians who were not trained. Now, we can train posse members. They can be trained in firearms and have the exact same training that the cops can. But if they're not trained uh, and they, have, they just walk in on the job, detectives are allowed to carry guns. Are these uh, citizens allowed to carry guns? And well, how and would you the not question have is them? how much of a detective are you if you can't carry a gun? And the next question is if you're trained exactly right. like a detective, why don't you just become a detective, Sheriff? Correct. Yeah, just go to the academy. And most of these uh, people that they're talking about, the citizens coming in to help like that, they could help in the jail pretty good as long as there's another jailer handy. And they could definitely help at front desks and, and office work. And they but can let's even step back. Help. Let's step back, though, Sheriff. I get that they can help, and I support that. And I don't think civilians are dumb. And I think there's a role. But not as a else. detective or a patrol officer. But here's no the way. question, though. Hold on. Why do we have this crisis of employment for qualified, educated, trained, exactly. past the academy police officers in the first place, sir? Why this exactly. dearth? Why this problem in the first place? Isn't that where we ought to start the discussion? Yes, and, and it needs to go to one other. How much are these people being paid? How much are officers and deputies being paid? I can tell you some places, Sam, in this country where full-time deputy sheriffs, patrol deputy sheriffs or jailers start at 29, 30, 32,000. 32,000. Who are you going to attract with that kind of salary? Sorry. You're not going to train the highly trained and highly educated and folks with the greatest thinking skills. I can promise you that. Yeah, you just pay the football players and the basketball players gazillions of dollars and the teachers and the cops get nothing. Come on now, folks. we got a priority crisis, don't we? Let's talk about it more in seconds on your radio. Why does the left lie constantly? Because it gets spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ. Especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9:6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular 
are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I want to change the discussion slightly, but it's a similar topic, if you will. If Republicans take over the House as expected and possibly the Senate, Sheriff, do you think we'll see any change? Well, I saw uh, some experts being asked about that on CNN, and CNN said that the Republicans have already promised uh, to do articles of impeachment against Biden, and they said, what on earth would you impeach Biden for? He hasn't done anything wrong. And yet the next minute, then you see all this footage on other uh, news media about the crisis at the border and about how uh, fentanyl and other drugs have caused uh, hundreds of thousands of more o- overdoses and and uh, 80 to 120% increase in uh, deaths because of uh, overdoses and uh, kids not understanding or anybody not understanding how other drugs are laced with uh, fentanyl because you know what <laughs> they're not regulated and nobody watches out over the safety of illicit drugs and, and so uh, you have the the treason that is being committed at the border where he has allowed the cartels to flourish and to take over the border literally take over the border and you could go on and on and on about the lies and subterfuge. In fact, how about that Joe Biden is not even president of the United States? He has turned over that operation to his staff, and they tell him what to do. And so if you have a president that isn't even being the president because he's incapable, you have huge subterfuge there. And, and, I mean, CNN, such a uh, defender of of the Democrats. And, and yes, so anyway, I, I, I was like, are you guys totally serious? You're going to be you're going to treat us like we're that big of idiots. They say, you know, they, they could have gone like, well, you know, not, he's made some mistakes, but it doesn't rise to the level of, of impeachment. This well, is act like, like nothing was even wrong. This, oh, I know. Yeah. But, you know, the Republicans in 1994 had the contract with America and Newt Gingrich and everybody else. And that was bogus. Between 2016 and 2020, it was just known as America first. Now Kevin McCarthy unveiled what they call the commitment to America uh, at a factory in Pittsburgh. No plan. It was just platitudes. It was no plan. And so uh, House Minority Whip Steve Scalise claims it's a bold conservative vision for a prosperous America that will reverse Biden and Pelosi's, listen, self-made crisis. Now, I don't believe that Pelosi and Biden have created a uh, you know, self-made crisis. 
look, McCarthy basically said our plan is um, built on four key principles. Here they are. An economy that's strong, a nation that's safe, a a future built on freedom, and a government that's accountable. Since when has the government been accountable? I'm going to ask this question. What government agencies are they planning to abolish? Will they abolish the Federal Reserve and the IRS? Will they abolish the FBI, CIA, Justice Department, and Homeland Security? (laughs) How much will they abolish? And the answer is they're not going to abolish anything, folks. Will they abolish the Education Department, which they've been promising to do forever and a day? No. The time is now, folks, to get that done. They're not doing that. Will they stop attacking Amish farmers? And putting them in prison? No, they Will did they that with Donald. Yeah. So you got to yeah, answer no, this, no. folks. How much do you understand relating to the language of politics on this? Right. Yeah. Okay. Now they say, "Hey, under cash crunch for the GOP, will Donald share his wealth? A cash crunch for the GOP? I don't see that. They beg me for money every day, but they got plenty of money, as far as I can see." Yeah, and didn't didn't Trump start his uh, first election with that he wasn't going to be asking people for money? That's the way he now started. He's asking, you know, he's asking. He says, "Hey, I'm going to use my own money on this. I won't take a salary as president. And, uh, I'm just going to use my own money. I don't need you. I don't need everybody that can barely make ends meet to donate to my campaign." Well, I get requests from uh, Kimberly. What's her name? Gilfoyle. Gilfoyle. That's Gavin Newsom's ex-wife. You know that, right? Correct. Yes, correct. And she's asking for money for Trump, and and Jim Jordan's asking for money, and and Pence. She got sixteen thousand dollars for literally a one-minute speech to introduce Donald Trump Jr., her boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, we're supposed to go ahead and donate and stuff. So I don't think anything will change under the Republican leadership. Yeah, instead of um, impeaching, uh, you know, um, Donald Trump, they'll work on impeaching Joe Biden. Uh, instead of you know this plan, they'll have that plan, but they'll lead us straight to hell in a handbasket, the same way the Democrats have, and the same way they always have. Look, the play them all the commercial that you just played from Rand Paul. Who is it? Republicans. Who is it? Democrats. Who are That's irresponsible? Right. Now Donald money. Trump increased the debt in four years by seven trillion dollars, Sheriff. I didn't think it was that high, but yeah, I know he increased it, but and so did Robin Reagan. And so those are the guys that want us to believe that they're going to go ahead and rein in and create, you know, accountable government, a safe place. Look, their job isn't to create a safe place. That's the states, ladies and gentlemen. Now, protecting the border is, but they're not doing that either. And I don't see the Republicans doing it either. What are the Republicans doing to to stand up for the border? When Donald Trump tried to build the wall, half of his Republican Party abandoned him. Yeah, and there's no question though things were doing better uh, under under Trump. No question, there was more security at the border. There was less uh, drugs coming into our country. He had China on the ropes. He had a good relationship with North Korea. He was trying, uh, and now we're we're in war. Russia is in war, and now there's actual legitimate talk of nuclear arm armaments being used, and. And the the uh, Biden administration is falling apart completely in every domestic issues, foreign affair issues, the, the economy, uh, the talk of 
uh, bankers now that the dollar is going to collapse, that the economy is going to collapse. Uh, we've had record uh, inflation, and that's one person. That is Joe Biden. And Trump was just the opposite. How about energy independence? Well, we time, time will, time will tell on, on some of that, though. Without honest money, you can't have an honest economy. And, yes, we're going 300 miles an hour towards socialism rather than 100 miles per hour towards true. socialism. But All nothing true. changes. Now Liz Cheney says this. She's hey, gonna she's going to campaign for the Democrats if Trump's the 2024 nominee. Mm-hmm. Which means, like, like Jeff Flake, <laughs> who was always opposed to gun control and abortion, which Liz Cheney said she's been. She's now going to support abortion. She's now going to support uh, socialism. She's now going to support uh, in, all this inflation crap. Gun control. Liz Cheney, you are now going to be campaigning for gun control, just as Jeff Flake did. Yes, she is. And now here's the headline. An article from CNN now stated that Democrats see abortion as their silver bullet issue in 2022. They're bragging that they're prepared to spend $50 million in the midterms to go ahead and deal for this with this emergency or whatever. <laughs> they say this is an emergency. Okay, but what I find fascinating is Republicans are jettisoning, Sheriff, right. the pro-life issue. Republicans are bailing from it as fast as they can run right now. Yeah, and it is an emergency for Liz Cheney. Retribution and vengeance is always that way. Liz, you you made your bed, sleep, and if you don't know that Wyoming and the rest of us want you to go away uh, and and your uh, sour look like you're always uh, depressed, um, you lost, you played the game, and you lost. Uh, we would really like you now uh, to enjoy your retirement and leave us all alone. Uh, you, you are such a loser in so many different ways, uh, and we don't want you around anymore. You lost by 38%. Uh, leave us alone, and uh, we will uh, watch you go off into the sunset. But for heaven's sakes, learn the lesson of your extreme loss and, and stay out of it. And I, I understand that you want to have revenge against Trump. He beat you, and he didn't even do it, have to do anything to do it. Uh, so, uh, you know what? I, I really feel for our country because this is the type of leadership we have. And the problem, Sam, is we have a two-party system that doesn't give a hoot about any of our problems. We really or, have a one-party system, as Pat Buchanan said, with the left and right wings of the same bird of prey uh, against Correct. us is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. Morgan Stanley's chief U.S. equity strategist. His name is Michael Wilson. He said that he's convinced that a corporate earnings recession is coming and that it could be worse than a normal recession. He said this, we think it's unavoidable. What do you think of that, Sheriff? We think it's unavoidable, he says. Yeah, it it is inevitable, and it's been long coming, and you cannot have this kind of debt where our, our now our national debt is up 50% more than our national uh, gross national product. So the GDP is now way below, by 50% below 
are dead. You cannot, that cannot survive. There will, that will create a crash. And those manipulating the market uh, know that it's coming. And so you got the truth from one of the insiders, from somebody in the deep state. Yeah. They basically had to admit to it uh, because they know it's coming and they look derelict in their duty uh, if they don't admit to it, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, the main point here. That's kind of the problem that I see with this thing <laughs> is, you know what? Um, they don't have a choice but to admit to this now because, you know what? It is not stoppable at this point. And that's the problem. Now, you can say the Democrats ran it into the ground. But what if the Republicans yeah. had done what I had said, got rid of the IRS, uh, got rid of the FBI, got rid of the Education Department, uh, shut down Homeland Security, got rid of the Federal Reserve, so we went back to constitutional currency? What if the Republicans had done that last time they had control, Sheriff? Would we be in this situation? Uh, probably not. But uh, even that's still questionable. But they should do the right thing regardless of the outcome. They should do the right thing, and they don't. And they had the chance to defund Planned Parenthood, and they didn't do it. And and so the Republicans uh, and those platitudes uh, that are just general statements of of hyperbole and hope, pie in the sky, oh, we should feel safe. Well, yeah, that's real nice, but how are you going to do it? You know, how are you going to actually make us safer? Yeah. Yeah, they're big on rhetoric. They're laxed on details, that's for sure, folks. Remember, we're going to be facing a recession, and it's because of the dishonest money that both parties have dishonestly allowed to permeate the system for way, way too long, nigh on to 100 years. And now it's coming home to roost, my fellow Americans. You can't just blame it on Joe. It's all of them at the helm. We've got to reverse it and stand for honest money. Honesty is the issue. For Sheriff Matt, CSPOA.org, and Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.